this has been a non-eventful week for me. Um, I just told Hallie I finished The Great Gatsby yesterday, so I watched the movie and really liked it. The casting's really good on it, and honestly, I think it made the book... The ending of the book made a little bit more sense by watching the movie, but I kind of already had grasped what happened in the end of the book. Um, it's a crazy, crazy plot twist of a moment, and I just... Don't know how to feel about it. Um, and then we watched the Eras film at home with, I had some friends over and we watched that. Um, we did make friendship bracelets. We did wear our themed merch. And we danced in my movie room and had glow sticks and heart shaped glasses and it was a blast. We had quite a lot of fun. Um, there's a full reel with clips from the evening on my Instagram. <laughs> so go look at that. Um, I had a facial this week, which was, you know, always great. Dermal planning facial. I, for the first time, got a lash lift and tint. So I have no mascara on right now. Oh, this wow. This is a lift and tint. That looks good. It's crazy. How, like, the difference, because I thought, oh, I just feel like it's not going to be that big of a difference. And then when she gave me the mirror, I went, oh, wow, this is crazy. It's wild, because it it looks like you have mascara on. It's so nice to not have to worry about doing mascara. Um, I have some baby lashes, so it doesn't look as good as it will look as they grow out. Because as they grow out, like, it's just going to make it look more full and everything. Mm-hmm. So I've got some baby ones that didn't really, like, take as well. Um, but it still looks great, and I don't have to do anything to it. I can add mascara if I want to, but honestly, they, they look fine on their own. Mm-hmm. And, like, for everyday, like, just and they're work. dark enough to where you can get away without mascara. Right. So, like, for church, I only did, like, basic face makeup, and I had to put mascara on my lower lashes, and that was it. Um, and so that's probably all I'm going to do for work anyways. But had that done and got my nails done, and Ava Grace said they were my mermaid nails. So they're green with yeah. a silver chrome on top, and the silver chrome like reflects green, but it's like a dark green underneath. But Ava Grace called them my mermaid nails. They kind of do look like mermaid nails, but I like them. They're very pretty. It is very pretty. So that's where we're at in life. And my mother. So I had friends over to watch the Eras <laughs> film. And the next day, I showed mom. I wanted to show her the tolerate it clip. Because I was like, I want to show you what lives rent-free in my head. Because I just love the way the camera, like, follows him out the stage door. I just think it's beautiful. So, I was showing her that. And then she went to go do some laundry. And I started it over from the beginning here in the living room. And she sat down and watched the entire three-hour concert with me. And that is my new love language. Showing people the Eras tour. And she, like, so my mom is, like... She's not really a fan. She's not a she's not, not a fan, but she doesn't like listen to her music. Um, but she constantly like I, you know, as a Swifty, I have to give her the update on everything that's going on in Taylor Swift's life and everything that's happening with like the her music and her tour and stuff. And she listens, like dad will like roll his eyes at it, but mom will actually listen to it and she thinks some of it's cool and like she acknowledges like okay yeah she's a big deal and then we were watching the concert and mom was like nodding along and she was getting into it and then dad comes in and he goes oh my gosh you're not watching this are you and mom goes you know I actually never thought she was that good of a singer but this has changed my mind she's actually really good 
And he, she was like, she knows how to perform. And I was just like, this is the greatest day of my life. So, and at the end of it, after we were done, mom was like, now I get it. Okay, yeah, I do understand the hype and I understand why you like her so much. And so she just like thought the whole thing was cool. She thought it was amazing that like not a single performance is just her standing on the stage doing nothing but singing. Every performance that she does is, it's got dancers, it's got light shows. Something is going on that makes it a story. Mm-hmm. I think the only one that wouldn't really count towards that would maybe be Marjorie. But her fans know her so well that we've created it. We've turned it into a story by doing the flashlight thing. Yes. Has made it a story. So I think mom really liked it and I, I was happy about it. Um, but I think that's all that's happened this week. I mean, I've been watching TV. You got your, you got your gifts from me. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to put a reel on Instagram, possibly. Probably just be my story. Um, but Hallie brought me back the Elder Wand. <laughs> Another check off the wand bucket list. Um, so I finally got the Elder Wand. Um, you know, bite me, Dumbledore. I'm better than you. <laughs> and I'm going to do better with it. Um, and then she brought me back the Better Beer t-shirt that I saw last trip and talked myself out of. And so when Hallie sent me a picture and said, do you want this? I was like, okay, that's a sign from the universe. I need this shirt. Well, I was, I was trying to find her something that was Hufflepuff related, but all the Hufflepuff merch that I saw, like I told you, was kind of ugly. Well, everything they sell at the parks is like, it's going to have like the Hufflepuff emblem, like stitched into it. And it's nothing, they don't have subtle merch. And I've like, as I've gotten older, I appreciate subtle merch more and more. So, yeah. So, but I found, but I knew she liked Butterbeer. And I found, at first I found a Butterbeer hoodie. And I just sent her the picture of it. And then she said, do they have a t-shirt? And I turned around on the back and I was like, yes, they do. And she asked me for the size and there was one left in your size, I think. (gasps) So I grabbed that one. That's a sign. You know, that's just meant to be. I just don't wear a ton of hoodies. Like, I have some because mom brings me back some from trips. But that's the only ones I have is, like, ones from trips. Other than that, I don't wear hoodies. If I wear anything close to that, I wear crewnecks. Yeah, I have a lot of crewnecks, but I have quite a few hoodies. (laughs) Um, But that's all my life update. I'll let you take over with your trip update okay so if you listen to last week's episode we said that carmen said that i was on vacation and we went to universal and disney world um we stayed at cabana bay in universal for two days it was it was a really nice resort it technically cabana bay when we looked at it it was like it was more advertised as like a value resort which if you're familiar with the disney resort system there's value there's moderate and then there's deluxe and so cabana bay was along more like the value scale but it did not look like a value resort like i thought it was gonna look like pop century or all star or something like that no it looked like it was very nice and really really cool um but yeah we loved universal um my some of the highlights is obviously we all got wands except for my mother 
I can't. She talked so much about she was going to get a wand whenever y'all went. She's been talking about it like ever since y'all planned the trip. And then when you told me she didn't get a wand, I was like, are you kidding me? But I will say, I called Carly and last person on earth I expected to get a wand. And I jokingly said, did you get a wand? And she goes, yeah, I did. I said, I have never been more proud in my entire life. <laughs> I am so happy. She still hasn't sent me a picture of it. I need to go. No, see it. it's. Do you remember the white one that I have? The white with the gold and the brown handle. No. <laughs> okay. Well, it's that exact same wand. Um, but yeah, Dad got two, so I was very shocked at that. He got two wands. So which ones did he get? Did he get two custom ones? He got he two. Get? He got two of the original wands. One of the wands is the exact same as the one that I brought home, the black with the mm-hmm. little swirlies. And then he got the one that's like really, really, sh- it's really, really short. It's a light wood, woodish brown. It's kind of boxy on the end, kind of like Sirius Black's wand. And it's got like a little silver decorating thing. It's really, really cool. It's really, really pretty. So I think I remember that one. Yeah. Did I'll they see- have any of the like house ones that I, like the Hufflepuff one? I searched up and low and i couldn't find any of them all they had was the collection have. wands from like 2022 yeah i think they only sell like that one and like the snitch one and stuff i think they only sell that at like the harry potter store in like new york and stuff but so yeah. i need to go look for those um so we went we rode quite a few rides a majority of them i rode by myself <laughs> which i kind of figured which is wild to me y'all picked a vacation at a theme park and Nobody but you can ride the rides because everyone else is injured. And I'm like, who picked this vacation? <laughs> well, I'll go through the I'll go through the list. So me, Carly, and Dad all rode Hagrid's. Dad loved it. Carly kind of got a little. She it, said she liked it, but it made her a little sick. She kind of. It didn't make her really. I wouldn't say has, it made her nauseous, like sick. It made her head hurt. Yeah. Because of the pressure and stuff. So that made her made her head hurt. I rode the castle ride by myself because no one was getting on that. I love that ride. That's I know. I rode it with you in spirit. I literally, I went through the single rider mm-hmm. line, walked straight on. And I was like, it was, that ride's like, the wait time's either like 10 or 15 minutes. That's not bad. Um, however, mom did ride Escape from Gringotts, which I made her get on that ride. And she loved it. We rode it twice. <laughs> she loved it that much. That and one's good. That one's fun because the troll attacks. Do you remember yeah. that kid that was like scream crying? Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> um, me and dad rode Revenge of the Mummy, which. It's the corniest it's ride. It's the corniest ride, but it's the but funniest. it's fun. The ending with, uh, was Brendan Fraser? <laughs> God bless him. He looked He's like, good it would have been great if I would have gotten my cup of coffee. He's just so good. It was good. That was fun. Um, and the rest of the rides, uh one of these rides carmen thought i was thought i had brain surgery because i got on it again which was velocity you rode it again let alone twice that thing is terrifying it only has a lap bar and does corkscrews and flips no thank you I'm well bye one one well, granted, i rode it in the daytime so i could see where i was going <laughs> one was enough i felt myself slipping yeah and that was enough for me yeah i rode that one uh i rode the incredible hulk twice which 
that doesn't bother me because it's an over the head bar. Um, well, because the Velocity Coaster, it would be, I would have loved that ride and I would have really enjoyed it if it would have had a chest bar. Because yeah. then you just feel a little bit more secure. Yeah. But it, with it corkscrewing over water, I just don't trust a lap bar. Yeah. Uh, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, but however, there is one ride at Universal where just like Velocicoaster, I will, it'll be a one and done. And that is Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket. Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't ride it when we went. It just didn't get ridden for me. So I wanted to just cross it off my list. That'll never happen again. I'm a roller coaster nerd. Hated that ride. I think what got me was the lift. Because it's straight up 90 degrees, 17 stories. That was, ugh. Dad didn't mind that part. It just, like, he said it was really rough and it hurt his back. And he would never ride it again. Yeah, I think, because, I guess because it was so straight up, you're like, oh my gosh. But, yeah, I, mm -mm, never again. That day kind of got saved whenever we went and ate Margaritaville after that. (laughs) Well, you know. Um, what else did we do? Uh, we rode, we rode Amazing Spider-Man twice. We rode Transformers once. And just, it was a good trip. The weather was very nice. Like, it was in, like, it was cold, but it wasn't, like, cold here. Like, it wasn't, like, the... Did you go to the Simpsons land at all? We walked through it, but we did... It was, like, in the high 60s, low 70s. Sammy, no. You always want to do this when we're filming, and I don't understand it. Um, so, we did do that, sir. Hi. All right. Um, but, yeah, it was in, like, the low, high 60s, low 70s. It was really, really nice. Um, and then we went to Disney World for the last week or so of that trip. We stayed at All Star Music. And it was, it was okay. The rooms were renovated. Everything else was not. <laughs> so. Did anybody lock themselves out of the room? Nope. Just uh, me? Okay. Nope, just you. <laughs> um, That's just a me problem. I got quite a few things. I think probably one of the biggest highlights of that trip was definitely Tron. We rode it three times. We Even one time that Saturday when it come an absolute downpour. If you looked at my story, you probably saw me post a picture of me looking like a wet rat. We literally went to Tomorrowland, rode Tron, and then walked all the way back out. So, just for one ride. But it was so good. Like, it was very, very smooth. Is it short? Yeah, it's kind of short. Um, Carly and Mom rode in the back car, That's where it's just a me. lap bar. But... I think the bike really makes it. Because That's kind of like Hagrid's. When we rode it, when I rode in the sidecar the one time, it wasn't as fun as when I was on the bike. Yeah, the bike makes it. I will say, though, the very first, what what was funny about it, though, is that the back thing moves a little bit. Like, it rocks. And I told Dad, I said, I don't like that it's moving. <laughs> it scared me. But a lot of the times I had to put more of my weight on my chest because I was laying, because, you know, you're laying down instead of on my ribs. So that was, it was really good. It was really good. I think the music really made it because it's this, the guy who composed the music for the ride is the same person who worked on the Tron Legacy movie. So. Quality. Oh yeah. It was good. Soundtrack. And the cue was really, really good. Um, as far, oh. Another highlight is I went into Galaxy's Edge and I bought, well, I didn't buy it. Dad did as a kind of like a gift before surgery. 
I got the Ahsoka Tano Clone Wars Legacy Sabers. I'm surprised you didn't have those already. I know. Did you cry? <laughs> no. Um, what was cool about them, though, is that they'll switch colors. Like, if you ignite them, they'll turn green. But if you hold a button for, like, five or six seconds, they'll shift to blue. It's the coolest thing ever. They're I'm surprised so- you didn't have hers already since that's your favorite. I know. I wanted to get the white ones that are from Rebels. But those hilts at Galaxy's Edge, they're just so bulky and they're thick that I don't like them. The Clone Wars ones are way better, and they're a lot easier to hold in my hand, and they're a lot easier to swing around. So, um, but yeah, those are really fun. Also, one of the craziest things I will say though, we picked a perfect time to go. Literally, the Sunday that we left was when it got so bad at Hollywood Studios because it was the week. It's the week of Christmas, and I'm. I'm Remember, that's how it was when we were leaving Universal Studios last time. Oh, yeah. Was it was the week, that day that we were leaving, it was, like, crazy. crazy. Um, but I don't know what it was about Tower of Terror this week, this week, but it was, every time we turned around and looked at the wait times, it was almost constantly closed. So, we only got to ride it twice. Was Rock and Roller Coaster open at all? Yeah, it was open. it was constantly closed last time. It was... It was open the whole time we were there. They although need to change it to the Jonas Brothers. It kind of, although it kind of sucks now. They should change it to Taylor Swift now. It kind of sucks now because all they lost the rights. Well, their contract with Aerosmith is up, and so they lo- They pretty much lost the rights to the music, and so like now they just play a melody of songs, and they're and the songs are awful at this point they need to make some bank and get rights to taylor swift because could you imagine the lines to ride uh, that ride it'd be like in 100 minutes the be, swifties would flock to you know to hollywood studios two, it would be two hours but yeah like we were telling dad i'm like the ride's fun but the music sucks yeah like usually you were vibing usually if you got walk this way or dude looks like a lady you were you were rocking, but now it just kind of stinks. Dad said if they are going to renew it, if they can't, I said if they can't get the rights, I said they should turn it into an Iron Man coaster. But there's right, there's rights issues there because Universal has Iron Man, and you'd have to get the rights to ACDC, which I don't think would be hard. But anyways, that would take a long time for them to do. So Dad thinks that if they were ever going to retheme it, he thinks of this way, but. He th- they thinks that ugh I'm having a stroke. <laughs> he thinks they should retheme it into the Goofy movie. What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that is so random. That's not where I thought you were going with that at all. Yeah, I'm just thinking what? like I don't know what they if let's they re- turn it into Mario Kart. That's still Universal That's though. Still they have Universal. Me. They're building Nintendo Dang. World. Um, it's built. It's open. When I go see Chase, I'm going. I know, but not in Orlando. That's where I was meaning. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's open in California. I want to go. They're, yeah, so they're supposed to be building it in Florida, and I guess they're going to be building a um, a Fantastic Beasts theme side of well, the park. Well, Dad and I were actually talking about this. So I have always, I said beforehand that when Epic Universe opens, they're going to give Disney, Universal's going to give Disney a run for their money because you're getting Nintendo, you're going to draw a huge audience there because you're getting Nintendo World. There's going to be a Mario Kart themed ride. There's going to be a Donkey Kong themed roller coaster. Bruh. There's going to be more Harry Potter. Maybe Smitty and crew will pull through. <laughs> um, 
there's going to be more on the Harry Potter world, so I would assume that's probably going to be Fantastic Beast stuff. I wonder I'm what they'll do. I'm hoping there's going to be like a dragon tamer ride of sorts. Or do like Something a walk. A dragon. Or I wonder if they would do a walkthrough attraction based around like Newt's Commander. Like, I'm sure there'll be some sort of walkthrough thing. Um, they're supposed to be theming it as, um, I can't remember if they said it was going to be Paris or New York. I can't remember. Um, but. Be interesting if they do I'm hoping they'll do some sort of, like, fun ride. Will you? Like, something with a, maybe not even a dragon, like, give me, like, a, like, a Thesh, oh my god, a Thestral ride. Oh, that would be cool. Um. I don't know. And, I think they should do like a forbidden forest walkthrough of some sort. And not to mention, they're also getting a how to train your dragon section. So that's gonna oh, I forgot about that. That's gonna draw my age over there. I, I said they're that. gonna give Disney a well, run. Because they're their making money. a live action, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Universal pretty soon is gonna give Disney a run for their money. Um That's okay, that's my favorite. I'd rather go to Universal ten times over. Oh yeah, that's why I told Dad. Um we did do the Journey Through Water Moana walkthrough. That was so fun. It was interactive water. I felt I was living out my Avatar of the Last Airbender dreams, See, being a waterbender. You say that, but I would be sitting over there. If I would have went, y'all would have had to like pull me and Carly out because I'm pretty sure it would have been us just going through. Emma, the condensation <laughs> on our clear. Oh no! But what yeah, it was really, really cool. It was <laughs> really cool at night. It oh, it was so fun. We really didn't have any issues this trip. We got very lucky. Um, although we will say, <laughs> we've seen other than like some interesting fashion choices that we saw, yeah. it oh. was fine. However, I just want to ask. No. So there were yeah. the. Go I've never again. seen more. So a funny thing that happened that had me and dad just hee-hawing in the flat of passage line where there were these two women on these motor scooters and one of them, I don't know how in the world she did it. She had run right into the handlebar in the queue. I'm like, how? How? That's probably called, I'm not really injured and I don't know how to drive this thing. Yeah, exactly. They're, ugh. And I'm just lazy. It was bad. <laughs> we saw tons of scooter people being in scooters that should not have been in scooters. That's the usual. Although, of course, people probably... I, Dad said, of course, probably people look at us when we park in the handicap thinking, oh, well, they're not handicapped. Oh, really? Well... Listen, at Disney, you gotta do what you gotta do. Well, yeah, well, Dad has two hip replacements. Mom has a bad foot. Hallie's about to have a hip replacement. I'm about... Not hip replacement. Hip Basically. Repa- hip repair. I'm fixing to have surgery. I'm walking around Disney with a torn labrum, and Carly just had brain surgery like See, a year ago. Saying. Y'all picked the wa- wildest place to be going on a vacation because nobody in that family is 100% healthy. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you. It's funny doing? though because Carly constantly yells at dad when he doesn't park in the closest parking spot possible. I said, Carly, you just don't like to walk. You're lazy. <laughs> Man, just, if you got a handicap, you'd be using it. Yeah, we we use it, but there's but there are some people who are driving cars that park in the handicap parking lot that are clearly not handicap vehicles. Like there was a truck that was like all the way up here. I'm like, okay, you clearly stole that handicap tag off your grandmother's person. <laughs> it's not yours. But yeah, overall, 
trip was very fun. I, dad actually preferred if we went to Disney first and then finished it out at Universal. And I kind of agree with that a little bit because finish out with my favorite park. The only complaint that I have with the whole vacation is we didn't get to ride the train, <laughs> the Hogwarts train. We didn't get to ride it. Oh, yeah, it was, it was closed both days we were there and we were like, crap. But yeah. That I one? think they're fixing it because they changed it. Her, they changed Hermione's voice to actually sound like Emma Watson, so they must be fixing that. But yeah, that's that's my catch up. Great trip. Um, hello everyone, and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. And today we are going to be doing our reading resolutions. But before we get into that. Carmen, what two books are you currently reading? Because <laughs> you always do two. Um, so, like she said, I always have two. I always have an audio book and a physical, physical book, book going at the same time. Um, haven't started it yet because I just finished Great Gatsby last night. But my next audio book is going to be One Italian Summer by Rebecca Searle, which is the same author of my physical read. Um, a girl talked about this at book club and it just, I don't know, it had the vibes. Had the vibes. Um, I guess, like, this girl and her mother were supposed to take this trip to Italy, and her mom passes away, but she goes, so she still, like, she goes on the trip that her and her mom were supposed to go on, and it kind of gives me, like, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants vibes, so I'm excited about it, um, and then my physical book is In Five Years by Rebecca Searle, Surly, I don't know how you say her last name, um, but I'm almost done with it, I've only got 100 pages left, I'll probably finish it tonight. Um, it's been really interesting. So basically she gets engaged to her boyfriend and like the very beginning she goes to sleep and when she wakes up it's five years later and she's in a different apartment engaged to a different man and then when she falls asleep again she's back in current time and it like kind of the book kind of goes through like what happens in the next five years and then eventually she runs into the guy that she like thinks that she dreamt about it's crazy <laughs> it's a wild time i'm gonna um, actually have to read that that sounds it's interesting. A wild time it's only 250 pages total it's a quick read um so i'm almost done with it and i don't know what i'm gonna read oh i do know what i'm gonna read next what am i saying i'm gonna read i think it's the creeping shadow is the next book in the Lockwood and Company series. Because <gasps> uh, I want to finish it out. I'm ready to be like, not done with it. And not done with it as in, I'm sick of it. Like, I'm ready to power through and be like, I just want to know what happens. Like, I'm so excited to finish it. Um, I'm really bummed about the show, dang it. So good. But, yeah. So, my currently reading, I have not started it. Um, because I just finished Catching Fire today trauma <laughs> um and just to kind of emphasize so carmen said that i don't know what i can't remember what you said in last i didn't episode. i had said i didn't know how many of the books you had originally so, read so to comment on that i had read the hunger games before like i read it years ago um and i started catching fire but for some reason don't know why i never finished it so I just, yeah, so I, I just can't finished Catching that. Fire for the first time, and, well, I watched the movie, but it's really interesting, though, because, it's really interesting, though, when you see stuff that was kind of sort of left out, 
But it's not big thing. It's not big things that no, were left out. It's like tiny really things. The only thing I'm, I, the only thing I'd ever be. There's a couple things that I'm bummed that they left out of the original movies. One is that Madge just doesn't exist, yeah. which is the girl, the mayor's daughter, who gives her the pin. And then in Catching Fire, it's one of my favorite scenes from the entire series of the books because I just I love. If you've been listening for a while, then you know that Carmen likes sweet little moments. And there is a moment with Katniss and Peeta in Catching Fire where Katniss, like, falls out of a tree and, like, t- breaks her ankle or twists her ankle or whatever. And breaks her butt. And busts her bottom. Oh, yeah. And she comes hobbling in and Peeta, like, carries her upstairs. And I'm like, help me. And I think that's the first time we get stay with me always. She doesn't hear what he says, but... He says always after she says stay with me and i'm just like because <laughs> that's my favorite thing that's ever happened in that series oh yeah it was very, always it was very fun it was very fun to read about my boy fennec oh bless him <laughs> my favorite thing is when they're in the quarter quell and pete is asleep and katniss and fennec go let's just go hover over him <laughs> and he wakes up <laughs> i'm like oh <laughs> i love it that's so unhinged um, but my current read right now, I've not started it, is going to be A Court of Silver Flames. I'm just proud of all your Sarah. current reads lately. Like, you've been really, I, th- I feel like you've, you're finally listening to me. <laughs> all the books have been trying to get you to read. A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Moss. I'm going to start it. It's a bigger book, so I'm taking it with me to Nashville. So I have something to read. It's a good time. Uh, yeah, that'll be re- that'll be fun to read while I'm recovering. And then once you are healed, we can do Valkyrie training together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my mom's taking the Inheritance Games with her to Nashville. So I'm very excited for her to dive into that. Um, but yeah, that's my current read. So without further ado, let's get into today's discussion. In case you haven't seen by the title of today's episode, we are going to be doing our reading resolutions. So this will involve things that we learned this year along with goals for next year. Um, so this is kind of like, it's like a reading wrap up and like New Year's resolution situation, but for books. Yep. Um... So we'll start off with things we learned this year. So my things that I learned this year were mostly geared towards Bookstagram. And if you follow me on Bookstagram, then I've posted stuff like this before already. So you probably will know what I'm about to talk about. Um, My first thing I have is like learning to read what I want um, and not being afraid to DNF. So for example... I hit a bad reading slump this year. Oh, yeah, you did. June and July, I only read one book each, and that's just not normal for me. Um, And one of the books that I read was The Prior of the Orange Tree, (laughs) and I had to push myself through that book, and I still did not really technically finish it. I skimmed the last half, and even then, I don't think I skimmed it very well. I think I just looked up the full synopsis and, like, read what happened. Um... Because I just was not invested. And looking back, I should have just DNF'd the dang thing and read what I wanted to read. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that I learned this year. Um, and then giving honest reviews. I think it's hard to... If you don't like a book, 
you feel bad about giving a review saying you didn't like the book. I feel like some of ours are the same. <laughs> but you don't know who doesn't like, who else doesn't like that book. Like I saw yeah. somebody that was on TikTok that was like raging about how much they did not like Iron Flame <clears throat> and was just like blasting it. And I was like, okay, I see your point on some of this, but I don't agree with other points. But I mean, you know, that's your opinion. And then yeah. like she had a ton of likes and comments agreeing with her. And so like you just don't know, like you're probably not the only one who didn't like that book. So yeah. don't be afraid to give the honest review. And it just makes you a little bit more trustworthy from like followers and listeners and whatever you're doing. I think if you have more honest reviews. I think where that comes from <laughs> is it's also from the social media perspective where like if you don't like a book there are going to be some people who are like fanatics of that book like just crap all over you be like oh well you're not a real reader if you didn't like this book and it's okay to not like the book yeah i saw tons of people who didn't like fourth wing didn't like iron flame um i've seen tons of people who don't like throne of glass or akatar and that's okay everyone has everyone has different reading tastes at that point like i said i didn't like prior the orange tree and that book was like largely popular on book talk everybody was loving that book i didn't like it it was too much i thought it was it was too much i i I thought it was i thought it was okay that's what too much going on i don't more in the middle i think my main issue is not even the fact that it had multiple po povs but the fact that it is multiple povs and those characters are nowhere near each other until the end yeah like there's too many things going on in that book. there's too many plot lines to all i don't mind multiple povs if the characters are all together and you're just seeing different perspective of things going on that they're all witnessing yeah it's it's when it's like different sides of the world and you've got these povs the only exception to that would be game of thrones and honestly if i had read game of thrones before i watched the show i probably would have been just as confused but the fact that i had seen the show obviously i knew what characters were what mm-hmm. but <clears throat> yeah just give honest reviews like it makes you a little bit more trustworthy to your followers too because like everyone's i mean if you're just constantly giving five star reviews that's not realistic and i even went back to my goodreads and like edited some of my five star reviews that i ended up changing to a four so goodreads has this scale when you hover over the star ratings it'll tell you like what that means so like a five is it was amazing a four is i really liked it and a three is i liked it a two is i didn't really like it and then a one is like did not like this book did not finish (laughs) or like dnf um that's actually really that's actually really good i've been trying to use that scale more and so there was a bunch of five star reads that i read this year that i ended up going back and giving a four because i was like it wasn't amazing but i really liked it and so that was a four for me yeah i think that's a good scale to play by yeah i'm gonna i may have to start playing by that that's actually a really good idea i liked that one so a good reads coming in clutch yes so honest reviews all the way through i'm gonna start doing that i've given some already <laughs> there's some books that i gave it i gave an two honest, or three i gave an honest review on iron flame okay. <laughs> um the next one i have is it's okay to not read the popular books and that kind of goes along with the dnf like prior to the orange tree the reason i pushed through it was because everybody loved it and i was like i feel like i don't finish this book like i feel like it should be getting better or 
I feel like if I DNF it, I'm in the wrong by DNFing it because clearly it's a good book. But like you don't have to read a book just because it's popular and you don't have to like a book just because it's popular. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. One of my favorite series of all time is the Dustland series. And absolutely nobody has ever heard of that series. Like I talk about it all the time. I post it on my Instagram all the time. I would love to have the author on the podcast because that is one of my favorite trilogies of all time. And nobody knows that series. Not a single person alive. <laughs> like if you search the hashtag on Instagram, Nothing. Blood Red Road, you get like seven posts. It was in book fair and I can't believe it's not that popular because it was at the book fair. I feel like other people would have read it. Yeah, like Divergent was there and but I it's a dystopian novel and I love that trilogy, but nobody has ever really heard of that trilogy. But that's okay. Would you like me to read it and talk about it with you? And then we can have Moira on. I would (laughs) love to have her on. Uh, but it's okay to not read the popular books. Um and it's okay to not like the popular books. It's okay to like the books that nobody else has read before. Um, and like, I mean, that just goes not only Priory and like not to keep beating a dead horse, but from Blood Nash, there's a lot of people who live by that ride and die by that series. And I don't like it. And I don't like it. I don't like it. Mm -mm. I don't like it. Well, and to that point, A Court of Thorns and Roses. I hate the first book. (laughs) It's corny. It's cheesy. It's dumb. But I love the series as a whole. So, I mean, it's just okay. Like, you don't have to like the popular books. I was going to I was, I was gonna sh- example Light Lark, but I don't think anybody likes that book anymore. Well, okay. I liked it when I first read it. Yeah, I liked it when and I first read it, too. And now upon review, <laughs> I'm like, well. Honestly, it's the author. If I had never followed her on social media, I'd probably still be loving that book. But the author has killed it for me. Because if I see her post one more dang thing. I was tempted to pick up Nightbane just to see what happened. And I've heard people say it's worse than the first one. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I had enough interest to want to read the second one. But honestly, until somebody brings it up, like you bringing that up just now, I haven't thought about that since the last time I saw it on Instagram. Like I don't think about that book. I don't think anybody's thought about it because it literally came out on the same day as Iron Flame. So. Yeah. That's rough. That's rough. Well, um, and I still stand by, like, Iron Flame was great. I think it should have been two books. Yeah. That's a, that's a different topic. Anyways, um, the uh, last one I have on things we may be this an, year. That may be another episode with Liz. Yeah. Um, is reading goal pressure. <laughs> so, I tend to do this to myself. Mm-hmm. To be fair. Mm-hmm. So, my reading goal this year was 70 books. Not me. And... <laughs> In November, I was only at like 50-something books. Goodreads was telling me I was 17 books behind on my reading goal. Like, behind where I should be at. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling the pressure that I need to bank this out and I need to get my 70 books in because I'm going to feel like an unaccomplished bookstagrammer. By not accomplishing this goal. And a big part of this is, like I said, I had two reading slumps this year where I only read one book for two months in a row. And that doesn't happen to me. No, it doesn't. And that usually happens to me. (laughs) That was rough. That was really hard to get through. So 
I have been feeling this pressure, and I still have this pressure. I'm not going to put my pre- the pressure on myself again next year, but I'm still feeling it even right now. But, to be fair, when I finish in five years, I'll be at 66 out of 70. No, 67 out of 70. That's still pretty good. And I have two more weeks, and I've got two audiobooks that I've got lined up that are only like three or four hours each, so that's going to be 69. That's a wild number. Um, and then <laughs> I'm going to have Creeping Shadow done in like plenty of time. So I'm going to reach my goal. But don't put pressure on yourself. Don't put pre- pressure on yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. It's really, Reading really is supposed not. to be fun, not stressful. And it hasn't been well, like. it depends on the book. Nothing's felt like homework. I've enjoyed <laughs> the books I've read. Honestly, I've had. Whatever the opposite of a reading slump is, I've been in that lately. I literally put away like nine books last month. I'm already on like a reading, book number seven. Hold on. Wait a minute. A reading. We need to come up with, instead of a reading slump, the opposite. We need to come up with that. Yeah. The reading jitters. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure that one out. But <laughs> the reading high. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've just, like, really been enjoying the books I've been reading lately. And that makes all the difference right. in the world. Exactly. Like, all the books that I've read in December and at the end of November, I have flew through. I've loved. I've put away, like, hold on. One, two, three. I'll be putting away four books right now. And that'll, that's usually never happened before. No. I'm on, for this month, I'm already on, after I finish in five years, that'll be seven books already. <laughs> December wrap-up's gonna be long. I have... Well, okay. So, that'll be seven. November, I read nine. October, I read eight. Like, I've just been on a roll. And it's, like... A good book makes all the difference in the world. And don't be afraid to DNF the book. I was gonna read An Endless Escape by Caven Hearning. Still want to read it. But I found myself not wanting to pick it up. And there was the next Lockwood and Company book I was really wanting to read. And so I said, hey, we're trying to learn from this year. Put it back on the shelf. Read what you want to read. Come back to that when you really want to read it. So I put it back on the shelf. And I read Lockwood and Company. And I read that book in like two days. <laughs> so like, read oh, what yeah. you want to read. And don't feel the pressure of reading goals. Something I don't like about Goodreads, and I wish they would fix this too, is like, technically, I would already be at my reading goal after I finish in five years. Because I read three beta reads this year. But they don't exist yet because they're beta reads, and so I can't log them into Goodreads. Mm -hmm. So then they don't count towards my goal. So there's that. Um, But next year, I'm setting myself a goal of 50 Okay. Because I think I'll overshoot that for sure. But um, I wanted to set a low bar and I can always go up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, don't put, your, don't put pressure on yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you don't reach your goal, what's going to happen? Are you going to get kicked off Bookstagram? No. no. Are you going to lose all your followers on Bookstagram? No. no. Are you going to be scrutinized by the book reading community and be told that you can never enter a bookstore ever again no No. (laughs) so who cares do what you want to do read the books you want to read read as often as you want to read read when you want to read read where you want to read period done sign it stamp it mail it deliver it (laughs) 
Signed, sealed, ah. and delivered. Um, That's the end of my rant. Okay. So as far as my reading resolutions go, some of these are kind of the same as Carmen's. Cause see, we're of the same mind. <laughs> ah, sisters, sisters. Okay. So my first one is more of one geared towards me. Don't make a TBR. <laughs> Don't make a DVR. I quit doing that halfway through the year. I was like, I know. Halfway through our podcast run this year, I was like, I need to quit making a TBR. (laughs) Well, because that goes back to like, read what you want to read. Like I said, with Endless Escape. Yeah. Like, I could put that back on the shelf and read it when I want to read it because I didn't make a TBR that told me I had to read it. Yeah, because I was forcing myself to read books that I didn't want to read. And I think that's what kind of killed me into not finishing TBRs. And when I wouldn't finish these TBRs, I would get very upset with myself. But now I'm like, if you don't want to be upset with yourself, don't make a TBR. Don't put that pressure on yourself to read books. Unless you make, like, I make a yearly TBR and I did finish it. Like, there's books that I want to read in the year. Yeah. Like, you usually in the year, you either want, usually when you make your yearly goal, you always put, I want to reread Harry Potter. Yes. Or read something else you know stuff like that right however there are certain occasions where i'm like okay where i'll plan certain books out that i want to read in a month maybe like like for this month december i knew that i wanted to read a court of silver flames this month because i wanted to read it i also wanted to read after this month and that'll get done (laughs) at some point well and like i wanted a goal i set for myself this year was to read all the bridgerton books i only have two left probably not gonna make it and that's okay I really only set this goal because I they had rumored that season three was coming out this December, so I had wanted to read it. Now nope. it's not coming out till May, and part two doesn't come out till June, so I'll be waiting till June to watch it. So I don't have that pressure on myself anymore, but that's okay. Like you don't even if you set a yearly TBR, it's okay if you don't reach it. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, it's okay if you don't reach your TBR. Just because you don't reach your TBR does not mean that you're a bad reader. I like to put it this way, so. Liz, let me, let me, let me, let me plug real quick. Liz, our friend, um, has a book scram. It's Liz Ann Young 97. Go follow her. Um, she does monthly hopefuls. Yes, and she does. Of a TBR, she does hopefuls. So it's the books that she hopes to read this month. So if they don't get done, she doesn't feel the pressure because she set a TBR. And I think to that point, I think the pressure comes when you say it out loud. Yeah. If you just have in your head, I want to read this book this month, and you don't get it read, you're going to be like, eh, well, I'll get to it next month. But I feel the pressure when I put it on my Instagram or I put it on the podcast. I feel the pressure to then, I've got to read those books because I said I was going to read them. Yeah. And so if you like to post those and you don't want to feel that pressure, maybe consider doing monthly hopefuls. Yeah. And then just some more things to add on to that for me is um, read at your own pace. I was flying through books because I was forced, because I was like, because going back to CBR, I was putting books on there and that I wasn't going to get done. So I was basically like forcing myself to read really quickly and I wasn't enjoying the book. I wasn't taking my time and actually enjoying the book and being like, Oh, this is really good. And so I think now that I've like kind of quit doing TBRs, I've been allowed to like really sit down and 
enjoy a book. Right. And that goes along with just enjoy what you want to read. I don't know what he's looking at. <laughs> the wind. Um, that's basically, I just want to enjoy what I read and find something that interests me. Like, for example, I found that, what was it? Uh, For the Wolf by Hannah Witten. I picked it up because I wanted to read it and it looked good. And wound up reading it in two days. It was amazing. And something more online. It kind of goes with your, you don't have to read the popular books. You don't have to jump on the book trends. Like, there were tons of people that I was seeing who were jumping on Light Lark and jumping on Fourth Wing and Throne of Glass because it was popular. And, and that's okay. And that's okay. If it sounds interesting, if it you sounds, know, read it. If it sounds interesting to you and if it peaks and if it's in your, like, I guess I would like to call it your reading zone, mm. then go for it. However, if you're not interested, but then you're like, oh, well, everybody else is reading it, so I should read it. But if you're not interested in it, that makes it worse. And that was my downfall of Prior of the Orange Tree. When I read the synopsis, I was like, meh. But everybody was reading it, and I was like, well, I've got to read this book. Everybody's reading it, and everybody loves it. So I feel like I need to have it and read it. But exactly. it wasn't didn't really pique my interest that much so yeah yeah so that's what i was meaning and just to add more than a year like i said and it's a, like what you said with prior to the orange tree everybody else loved it and you didn't B- but it was a very popular book and that's okay to not like popular books for example i've said before that i did not like from blood and ash and i've people been like huh but it's so popular and i'm like yeah and I still didn't like it. <laughs> well, and I usually have to clarify, like, I loved the first book. I flew through that sucker. I yeah. called Hallie at the end of it. I was obsessed. But as the series pro- progressed, I fell off because it got dumb. And Alyssa and I were talking about it. She said, Oh, she, she read it? She's read the first one. She said, but it didn't pique her. She liked it, but it didn't pique her interest enough to read the rest of the series. I said, don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Just stop there. Stop while you're... Stop there. Stop the second one's good, but the third one's crap. And, and it just got so worse. So on and so forth. Um, and just to keep going on to that, you can critique. If you find a book that you don't like that is popular and you're afraid to critique it because it is so popular, don't be afraid. Like, I've always said this. I've said this multiple times on the podcast. I'm sure of it. You are entitled to your own opinion. That's, that's like my opinion. That's my opinion. <laughs> like everyone has different interests in books. Everyone has different tastes. Everyone has different preferences when it comes to either writing style, tropes, all that plots, all that stuff. And so it drives me bonkers when I watch people who are talking about why they didn't like this book and I go and look in their comment section and they're basically trashing the person just because they're hating on a book they're hating on a book that they like and I just like kind of want to tell people if let's say if I let's here if I Hunger Games is your favorite series of all time Mm -hmm. let's say that I this is not the real case if I read the Hunger Games and said I didn't like it I would cry (laughs) Carmen you're not helping my case (laughs) No, a better example being Iron Flame. Yeah. I loved it. Gave it a five out of five. I still would give it a five out of five. I think it could have been two books, but I loved every minute of it. You didn't. And when you started telling me your opinions on it, I was like, okay, I can see where you're coming from. And I agree with that, but it's still a five-star read for me. Yes. And that's like, 
because I didn't like Iron Flame, it wasn't, I wasn't personally attacking you. Right. So, like, well, and it's like, I have a friend who does not like smut. She does not like smut. She is not going to read a book that's heavy on romance. She doesn't want that to be one of the main plots in a book. I don't blame her. And that's okay. Yeah. Everyone has their own I'm kind of that. And I'm kind of that. And I'm kind of that way, too. Where like I used to be that way. If it's, if it's, I'm okay with smut. If it's My necessary, and if it's important for that scene. But other than that, no. <laughs> I can't give an opinion on this. Once you start reading dark romance, you can't have an opinion against smut. Because <laughs> that's all it is. Oh yeah. I and know. I read every page. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Get really excited. Um, and this last one is just kind of personal towards me. And that is not be afraid to show that I read manga. I used to be so insecure that I read manga. Because here's the thing with specifically my generation earlier and like if you read manga or watched anime you were considered you were called a weirdo you were a freak that was how it was but now i think now thanks to like tiktok and you know the pandemic (laughs) everybody kind of just started getting into manga and anime and now i used to be so insecure about being like oh well i read manga people saying like oh well that's not really reading you're just looking at pictures (laughs) which is not not true in the slightest. I read Attack on Titan, which is probably one of the most influential pieces of manga in the industry. In fact, it's probably one of the best story te- it's probably the best storytelling that I've seen, that's my opinion. Um and it's a manga. <laughs> like you can you can find manga that still has great storytelling. Attack on Titan, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh let's see. Um, what what else do I have on my shelf? Um, Snow White with, well, no. Yeah, Snow White with the red hair. I'd go with that. Demon Slayer. Good grief. (laughs) It, uh, I just love manga. Well, and I think it comes with, like, if you express your love of a genre or an author or a book, Eventually, you're going to find your crowd and your people. Exactly. Um, this is random, but like I was sending you videos. We watch these guys who play video games on YouTube, and one of them like collects Pokemon cards, and the other guy like has manga and reads manga. And like you just you find your crowd. Oh, I yeah. Know. I think it's, yeah. That's especially when it comes to social media. Like if you're posting about manga, obviously the people that follow you and come to your page and see your posts are going to be people who like manga. So like, I think it, I feel the same thing too. Like if people ask me what my favorite genre is, I feel weird saying fantasy because the, the genre fantasy in and of itself, I feel like covers the vast majority. Well, I also feel like if you don't read, you're going to think I read, like, by fantasy, you're going to think I I am reading stuff with a lot of smut. Because I feel like the word fantasy doesn't come across. I feel like, to me, 
and this probably isn't the case at all, but to me, I feel like if I tell somebody I like fantasy and it's somebody that doesn't read, they're going to think that they're not going to connect fantasy with like Harry Potter. Yeah. They're going to connect fantasy with like something with a lot of smut in it. Something that's like really like romance driven. Cause it just sounds the, the term fantasy. I don't, I don't know. And that may just be me. But, I mean, that's... I can see where you're coming from, I feel though. weird telling people I like fantasy. Yeah. So, it is what it is. It's kind of like when you say, like, oh, well, I like dystopia, and you're like, well, gee, you're planning for the end of the world. Jesus. <laughs> well, when I did my shelf rearrangement, that's when I discovered that, oh, Carmen's got a lot of fantasy. Yeah. Bottom so, two. that is all of my reading resolutions, but now we're going to get into the next... Well, before we do that, I kind of thought of another one. Okay. So this is a Instagram reel that I posted on my story or on my Instagram that was talking about people that read multiple books in a month, every month consecutively. Um, And my post specifically said seeing people read more than five books in a month, every month. And this is one of my favorite things that I've posted because of the feedback I got. And this is not something I've ever really, like, totally felt insecure about. But, it, I mean, I see people that are bookstagrammers putting away, like, ten books a month, every month. And I'm like, I'm over here with <laughs> my five me. books. Like, I feel like I, it makes me feel, like, lesser than at wanting to be a bookstagrammer and only reading, like, four or five books a month. But the comments I got back on that were just incredible. Um... People had funny comments. Somebody said, like, all you need to do is be able to stay up till 2 a.m., repeating to yourself one more chapter, one more chapter, one more chapter. Somebody had said, just never sleep again. And then there were people that were giving, like, encouragement. Like, it's okay to not read more than five books a month. It's okay to read the books you want to read and when you want to read them and... This is a normal thing to feel, and it's not super normal for people to read more than five books a month every month, and it's okay to feel this way, and I just, that's one of my favorite posts just because of the comments. I think they were really great, Um, but that's another lesson I learned this year is, like, it's okay to not put away. I mean, given I just said I'm probably going to have, like, nine books read by the end of this month, but Mm -hmm. that's not typical. And it comes down to the fact, too, you've got to think about people's situations. So, like, Alyssa, who hosts our book club, she is one of those people that can read, like, 10 books a month every month. But she also, like, she's a teacher, so she has summers off. And so she told me, like, when she has summer vacations, that's all she does is read. And so it just depends on people's situations. Like, everybody has different lifestyles. Everybody has different jobs. Different, you know, reading lives. Um Mm-hmm. And some people have slumps. Some people get into a groove and read a bunch of books. And it also comes down to the fact of, okay, those people that are putting away 10 books a month every month, are they reading 10, 500 plus pages a book? Like in every book? Or are yeah. they reading like some 200 page books, some 300 page books, maybe like one 500 page book? Like the sizing of the books could even determine that too. So I just... That's another one I wanted to add is, like, don't feel like you have to, don't feel like there's a certain criteria you have to meet in reading. 
the next section we have is our goals for next year. Um, so like I said, I'm going to be reading 50 books next year is my goal. Um, can always go up from there. 50 is a pretty easy one for me to reach. Because even if I read five books a month, which is my normal. Um, but that one's a pretty easy one for me to reach. So I wanted to set it low. And you can always go up. Um, and then I'm going to be doing a book buying ban to save money for a house. The only exemptions being for book club and new releases of series I'm already reading. For example, House of Flame and Shadow is coming out in January. Oh. There's no way I'm not getting it and reading it. So, like, <laughs> series I'm already reading and, like, waiting for the next book to come out, I'm going to get. Um, and then my book club books. And then I do still have Audible and Kindle Unlimited. So, you know, whatever books I can get on there. And then another goal for next year is to read the Hunger Games series again. So that was my goal for this year um, for a specific reason. And it didn't pan out for this year, but it's going to work out next year. So I've moved it to next year's goal is to reread that series. Um, and then I have a ton of independent authors self-published on my shelves that I have just not not been reading. And that is a major goal for me next year is to read all of the self-published authors I have on my bookshelves. Specifically because some of them that I have, I got because we're friends on Instagram. And I would love to read their books and just haven't gotten to it because Hallie and I would love to have them on the podcast. And so I just need to get to it. Um, so that was a major goal for me next year. And then just continuing on you know, the lessons I learned this year and Mm -hmm. implementing them next year and not feeling the pressure and not feeling the, the need to do what everybody else is doing. So, yeah. So, as my reading goal. Hmm? Yes. (laughs) I'm seeing your first bullet point. Yeah. I want to try and get into more romance type books. Because I, the reason for this is because of the Twisted series that I just finished. And I don't know if you would really consider those romance because they are kind of smutty. But it's romance. Uh, yeah, it's true. And I loved, well, I didn't exactly like the first one, but I loved two through four. And so I kind of just like am i getting into a new genre oh so much so that i bought the first three books in her new kings of sin series and i also bought after by anna todd so i think it's a sign that i'm getting into more romance i definitely want to do that um this one i don't know if this one will ever get done it's a pipe dream it's for all readers um try and get some books on my shelf read um i don't want to said every reader ever well (laughs) here's how i'm going to frame this normally people say i want to try and get all the books on my shelf read no that's going to be an impossible dream for me because i'm always going to buy more books Mm -hmm. um but i want to try and get at least a good chunk of the books that are already on my shelves read that way i can be like check that off check that off check well and i put this in my bullet journal for next year like right now my inventory spreadsheet says that i've of my books on my shelf, 30% are unread. And I'd like to get that down to about 15%. Oh, yeah. 
small goals. Mm-hmm. Um, more that I've got. Definitely want to read some more indie authors and focus on them a little bit more because some of the prompts that they put out are freaking good. Mm-hmm. So really excited for that. Well, and I can't wait. The beta read that I finished this month was phenomenal and i cannot wait for the physical copy to come out um these next two that i have are technically i want to do rereads this year i definitely want to reread throne of glass at some point because it's been a while since i finished kingdom of ash and i kind of just want to reread it and kind of just live it over again as traumatic as it is so definitely want to do that um another series that i want to reread is i read this series years ago and I loved it. It's I have a very vivid memory of when I bought the first book. It was when you and me went to go see The Death Cure. We went into Barnes & Noble. And I picked up this book because it had a cool cover. And I wound up loving the series. And that is the Zodiac series by Romina Russell. It's got four books in it. And it's sci-fi. And I was a ride or die behind these books. And so I kind of, I don't really remember much from them. In fact, I don't really remember much at all. So I kind of want to reread them and just to see, like, what if I miss? Me and my friend Alyssa, well, former friend Alyssa, we we read, the, I got her into these books, and she loved them, loved all of them. And so we, it was really cool to talk about that. So I'm really excited to reread those. And then the final one is going to be a big one. <laughs> so I really want to get into Brandon Sanderson. I have two of his, I have two of his books on my shelf. I have Skyward. And then I have, oh gosh, what's the other one? Mistborn. I have Mistborn. And I just kind of, I kind of want to get into more of the high fantasy, epic fantasy genre. So like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, any Brandon Sanderson book. So that's what I kind of want to get into. And also his covers for his books are really, really pretty. (laughs) So spaz up my shelf a little bit. But yeah, that's all I've got. Let's get into the game. Okie dokie. We do have a game this week. So this one's going to be fun. Um, We're doing another book bracket. So we did a book bracket episode, and I don't think we really did it right. No. Um, So we're doing a game for a book bracket. So each of us picked six books that both of us have read. Um, And you really did have to throw the one in there that I was not going to put in there because I was like that's gonna be my top favorite and then you put it in your list and i was like well all right (laughs) it's in there um so i'll give you the list of the 12 um we have verity by colleen hoover crescent city house of earth and blood by sarah j moss realm of shadows and flame by bl tally house of salt and sorrows by aaron a craig fourth wing by rebecca yaros a court of thorns and roses by sarah j moss Harry Potter by J.K. Rowling, The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins, Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss, Clear, who our favorite author is, Um, Divergent by Veronica Roth, Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard, and The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. So I used the template. (laughs) Trying. (laughs) I used the template of the book bracket that I use for my monthly, like, favorite book bracket that i'm doing throughout the year i want to do that next year so i use that template i've got one made for next year if you want it i can send it to you and you can upload it to your canva um so 
sorry. So I used a random number generator to create the bracket. Um, we'll just go. How do you want to do this? I feel like we need to go like you do your bracket and then I do mine. Because if we go back and forth, I'm going to forget which ones you chose. <laughs> okay. So I'll give you your options and you can tell me what you answered to them. Okay. <laughs> You'll see. It's all working out my brain here. Okay. So the first selection is between Realm of Shadows and Flame and House of Salt and Sorrows. Um, I did Realm of Shadows and Flame. Okay. Um, House of Salt and Sorrows and A Court of Thorns and Roses. House of Salt and Sorrows. So then House of Salt and Sorrows, Realm of Shadows and Flame? Realm of Shadows and Flame. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I gotta keep this straight in my mind. Um, House of Earth and Blood and Harry Potter. <laughs> House of Earth and Blood. Okay. Verity and ha- Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter and House of Earth and Blood. House of Earth and Blood. House of Earth and Blood and Realm of Shadows and Flame. I'm going to go with Realm of Shadows and Flame. Okay. So Hallie has picked Realm of Shadows and Flame as one of her finale contenders. Well, the thing with Harry Potter and Verity, I was like, okay. Well, which okay. one am I going to which one am I going to want to would I rather want classic whimsical fantasy or straight up nightmare? Okay. <laughs> so your one of your contenders is Realm of Shadows and Flame. Would you like to then explain your choices for bracket number 1? Okay. Like your, for all those we just talked about. Okay. Yeah, sure. Ooh, that'll be fun. So between Realm of Shadows and Flame and House of Salt and Sorrows, here's the thing. I love both books. I think they are very, very good. Yeah. Um, All of the books that are on this list we love. Yes. But I think what, the reason why I picked Realm of Shadows and Flame as the winner between those two is because one, I loved the ideas and the concept and it was just such a good fantasy read. And plus, it was made by an indie author. So you're like, wow, this is really good. And when we had her on the podcast, and when she talked about how she came up with this book, I was like, dang. <laughs> so that's for that. As for House of Salt and Sorrows and Akatar, the reason I picked House of Salt and Sorrows is because it's just so good. I can't put it above Akatar. And I'm talking about the first book. as a ser- Now, as a series as a whole... It would probably, Akatar would have probably won. But if we're talking about first book versus first book, House of Salt and Sorrow, clean sweep. 100%. It's just so creepy. And it's kind of like, you know how kind of like Beauty and, give me a minute. Akatar is kind of based on Beauty and the Beast. Just it's a Beauty and the bit. Beast retelling, the first one is. Yes, the first one is. And then House of Salt and Sorrows is pretty much 12 Dancing Princesses horror version. <laughs> so... It took a twit. It took a concept. House of Salt and Sorrows took a concept and twisted it a little bit. Mm. So that's why it made it really, really interesting. Now, in terms of House of Earth and Blood versus Harry Potter, mm. um, epic fantasy versus epic fantasy. Yeah, both world building is great in both books, but I think what does it for me with for picking House of Earth and Blood is it's just. It's Sarah J. Moss. I'm very biased when it comes to that. And in terms of Harry Potter versus Verity, like I said, do I want a classical, timeless, whimsical fantasy where I can be a wizard versus a straight-up nightmare? Yep. <laughs> Which one do you think I'm going to pick? Yep. Um, so I'm picking Harry Potter. 
Now, once again, we're pitting epic fantasy versus epic fantasy with House of Earth and Blood versus Harry Potter. Don't get me wrong. I love Harry Potter. But I had to go with House of... I was going, like, off of instinct on, like, which one do I love and not really thinking about it. And so I went with House of Earth and Blood. I know. I tried to make quick decisions on these. Like, what is my instinct telling me? I think what did it for me me is that the House of Earth and Blood, the last, like, 100 pages are just absolutely bonkers. So... I think that's what did it for me. Now, into the final showdown with Realm of Shadows and Flame versus House of Earth and Blood. This was very hard for me to pick because both of these books are good, especially as like good first books in a series. Mm-hmm. So, but I ultimately came down with like which one did I enjoy, got more enjoyment out of, and I got enjoyment out of both of them, but Realm of Shadows and Flame I enjoyed a lot more. In term, well, first of all, I read Realm of Shadows and Flame a lot quicker than I did House of Earth and Blood. Now, granted, House of Earth and Blood is freaking huge. Realm of Shadows and Flame is not. So, but yeah, in terms of plot, I think what did it for me with House of Earth and Blood is like the very first like half of the book, I was very confused on what was going on. So mm-hmm. I think that's what did it for me. But with Realm of Shadows and Flame, Brit explained it very easily to the point where I could understand it mm-hmm. with no doubt. So yeah, Realm of Shadows and Flame is the winner in that bracket. Okay, the next one is Love with My Life, The Hunger Games, and Red Queen. Oh, are you not giving your? I'm gonna give you. We're gonna do your whole bracket, and then I'll give. Then we'll do mine. Okay, go. Hunger Games, Red Queen. Hunger Games. Yeah! Woo-hoo! Okay. <laughs> Red Queen and Fourth Wing. Fourth Wing. Fourth Wing and Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Fourth Wing. Say it into the mic. Yep, there you go. All right. Um, the Inheritance Games and Throne of Glass. Throne of Glass. I know. That was a really unfortunate, like, pitting. Like, <laughs> bruh. You don't even stand a chance. That's same with the next one, Throne of Glass and Divergent. Throne of Glass. Yeah. If you can't tell, I'm very biased with Throne, with throne of Glass. Throne of Glass versus Fourth Wing. Uh, throne of Glass. Okay. <laughs> so we have Throne of Glass versus Realm of Shadows and Flame. Don't give your answer yet. Explain your answer choices for Bracket 2, and then we'll give your okay. final So Hunger Games versus Red Queen. The reason I chose the Hunger Games is, well, first of all, I read Red Queen years ago and don't remember a single thing. So, Preach. Um, and Hunger Games is just, it is, for me, it is the dystopian book. Like, nothing so far that I've read has surpassed it in any sort of aspect. It's so good. And considering that I just finished my, I finished a reread of the Hunger Games, it made me appreciate it even more. So, there's that. Red Queen versus Fourth Wing, again... I have not read Red Queen in years, so obviously Fourth Wing is going to beat it. And in turn, I just enjoyed Fourth Wing. Like, I I told Carly this. I said, if you're going to get into fantasy, you probably, I would recommend Fourth Wing to you. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And this was so, um, this was so hard. Hunger Games versus Fourth Wing. This was so hard because I love both and I wanted to, if I could put both in, I would. But I had, in terms of, like... The generator really did us dirty on this bracket. I was like, are you kidding me? So, in terms of Hunger Games versus Fourth Wing, I went with Fourth Wing. Which, it killed me to boo Hunger Games so hard. Um, Now, if it was Catching Fire, that probably would have been a different story. (laughs) 
if it was catching fire in its place, that would have been a different story. Um, now, Inheritance Games versus Throne of Glass. Obviously, Throne of Glass is going to win. I am very biased when it comes to Throne of Glass. It was the very first series of Sarah J. Moss that I ever read. Mm-hmm. I finished, I flew through it. And I think it's kind of hard because Inheritance, Ga- Inheritance Games is mystery mm-hmm. and Throne of Glass is fantasy. So I think that's where it kind of differentiates. And then Throne of Glass versus Divergent. Bruh. I got to go with Throne of Glass. But here's the thing. The first Divergent book was very good. I liked it. Insurgent, do not remember a single thing. Allegiant, we're not even... No Didn't further elaboration. <laughs> Allegiant, Didn't no further elaboration needed. If you know, you know. Um, but yeah. And then in terms of Throne of Glass automatically scoots to <laughs> the yeah. final showdown. Throne of Glass or Throne of Glass, Hallie. Pick one. <laughs> Throne of Glass. So, in terms of Throne of Glass versus Fourth Wing, you gotta go with Throne. I Throne of Glass, superior. We love Throne of Glass. Don't get me wrong, I love Violet, but you gotta admit, Aelin, she would whoop. <laughs> she would whoop Violet's butt. It doesn't matter that it doesn't matter Violet's powers. Aelin would take her down with like Aelin would. Take her down with like just a simple raise of her eyebrow. Like <laughs> it, she would get it done. Okay, <laughs> Rowan versus Satan. <laughs> the final. Realm of Shadows and Flame. Throne of Glass. Throne of Glass. Throne of Glass. Okay. Hello. <laughs> um, again, like both of these books are so good, it was really hard to pick which one. But, again, Throne of Glass, with just the plot and the characters, not to say that the characters aren't developed in Realm of Shadows and Flame. They are, by a long shot. They're really, really well developed. But I guess it's because... Hello? It's a nice phone. I guess it's because I'm so attached to the series that and emotionally attached to the characters that I'm like... <sighs> there's just... There will be no... I explanation there will just be reputation there will be no explanation there will just be throne of glass <laughs> that's Aylin's her reputation entire, era that's in, that's Aylin's entire line there will be no explanation she never explains a single thing that she does amen kind of like Danica Ooh. bonk <laughs> okay your bracket I'm really curious so realm of shadows and flame versus house of salt and sorrows okay let me give a precursor. Like I said, we love every single one of these books. So if you're listening to this and you wrote one of these books, don't feel like we're knocking you out because we love your book. It's just in a horrible place in the bracket. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, oh, my bracket. <laughs> Not to... Oh, fudgy monkeys. I spilled my Dr. Pepper. <laughs> All right, let's start over. Do that again. <laughs> Realm of Shadows and Flame versus House of Salt and Sorrows. I picked House of Salt and Sorrows. Okay, I like it. I like it. I don't blame you. Um, House of Salt and Sorrows versus Akatar. House of Salt and Sorrows. Okay, I figured that one. Uh, House of Earth and Blood versus Harry Potter. House of Earth and Blood. Okay. 
Interesting. Harry Potter versus Verity. Harry Potter. I love how we have the same answers on that one. Okay. Oh, Lord. Uh, okay, obviously, House of Salt and Sorrows gets scooted mm-hmm. to the final. Um, House of Earth and Blood versus Harry Potter. House of Earth and Blood. Okay, so House of Salt and Sorrows versus House of Earth and Blood. House of Earth and Blood. Okay, I love how <laughs> both of those started out. House. It's so House. Of the Earth journey and- was different, but we came to the same conclusion. Yes. Okay, so House of Earth and Blood is your winner for bracket one. Bracket one. Okay, explain why. Okay. Um, and House of Salt and Sorrows versus Realm of Shadows and Flame. Honestly, I picked this based off of like literal first instinct was House of Salt and Sorrows because. I read it in one sitting. Oh, yeah. And I was invested. And I think that it did something that no other book on this entire bracket did. And that I never knew what the heck was going to happen next. Same. Oh, my gosh. Was constantly on my toes. Constantly questioning. Yeah. Plot twist after plot twist. I loved the eerie aspect of it. And just like, I don't know. It It was whimsical and fantasy meets like... The CW's Nancy Drew. It was so eerie, and I loved it. Um, And then House of Salt and Sorrows versus Court of Thrones and Roses. There's no question there. I didn't like A Court of Thrones and Roses. <laughs> I Okay. I did, but I felt like it was a little corny. It was a little cheesy. There was too much world building going on, and I loved House of Salt and Sorrows. Um, House of Earth and Blood versus Harry Potter. I think that I kind of came at it from the perspective of where I'm at now and mm. it's reading about an 11 year old versus somebody my age yeah so it's a little bit more relatable don't get me wrong I ride or die Harry Potter but the world building was just so much more epic and I really connected to the characters so I really love that um Harry Potter versus Verity I kind of go along with what you said. It was whimsical fantasy. Want to be a witch trauma. and wizard versus trauma, stress and anxiety. <laughs> um, and I would just rather, if I had a choice, I'd rather not be that stressed. Yep. Um, and then House of Earth and Blood and Harry Potter again. Um, with House of Earth and Blood and House of Salt and Sorrows, I, it came down to world building for me. Okay. Because House of Earth and Blood is so much more epic and just all-encompassing and how salt and sorrows is obviously like just that family whereas mm-hmm. this is like an entire world being built so i think it came down to like author with that okay choice gotcha so okay <laughs> uh my answer i already know what your answer is probably for this first one hunger games versus red queen hunger games yep red queen versus fourth wing fourth wing okay hunger games versus fourth wing hunger games <laughs> i stand behind that 100 percent uh relatable okay the inheritance games versus throne of glass throne of glass throne of glass versus divergent throne of glass okay so obviously throne of glass gets shoved so does hunger games hunger games versus throne of glass it's so hard oh i know but i have to go with the hunger games okay interesting i like that i have to is it baby my throne of glass to me is what hunger games is to you You're, you're biased towards it it's my baby okay final showdown wait i have to explain oh explain um the hunger games versus red queen this is dystopian versus dystopian but honestly the hunger games is my child and katniss everdeen is my favorite ever fictional character and i just 
the Hunger Games got picked in the second bracket purely out of the fact that, like, this is the book that started it all for me. Mm-hmm. And I just remember it's being also the best book so enveloped in this world. And I'm still so intrigued with this world. And honestly, I think it comes down to, like, with it versus Red Queen, it comes down to character development. And I felt like the the characters were, I don't know, I, I transfixed on the characters and Hunger Games in a way I didn't with Red Queen. Yeah. Um, and then with Fourth Wing versus Red Queen, that just comes down to like Fourth Wing was so epic, and it's just such an incredible world building and characters are great. I was intrigued from page one. It was amazing. Um, Fourth Wing versus Hunger Games. This again just comes down to the fact that like this is the book for me. It's my ride or die, and. I think I was hooked into Hunger Games in a way I wasn't with Fourth Wing. Don't get me wrong, I was hooked with Fourth Wing, but it was a whole new level of like, this is my entire personality for the foreseeable future. So, yeah. Um, Phone and Glass got picked all the way around just because it the world building and the characters were so intriguing. Um, and with the Inheritance Games and Divergent, neither one of those is fantasy. We've got mystery and dystopian fantasy, but mostly dystopian. But I just, fantasy, man. I just love a girl, a good world with magic and compelling characters. Yeah. And Aelin, well, because in Photoglass, we don't have Aelin. We have Selena. And her character was just so intriguing because she just had her... She was wrapped in mystery, buddy. And it was just like, as the reader, you're going, who, who are you? Yeah. When that kid on mine. Um, Hunger Games versus Throne of Glass. Again, Hunger Games is my Roman Empire book. I just, because beca- with that one, I kind of had to narrow it down less on genre, because obviously it's fantasy versus dystopian. And in my opinion, if you just ask me genre-wise, I'm going to pick fantasy. But... If it comes down to characters, I was invested in the Hunger Games characters. Oh, yeah, 100%. Invested. You're invested in the characters and you're invested in the world because the world is so, like, intriguing, like, politically. Right. And just emotionally. And with Throne of Glass, I was invested in Selena and I was becoming invested in Dorian, but there wasn't really, like, even with Kaol and everything, like, that developed later, but... Because in Crown of Midnight, I was invested in Gale. But in the first book, I wasn't really. And I only had about maybe two characters I was intrigued with. And with The Hunger Games, I was like, I want everybody. Like, give me the deets on everybody. Um, My final. Hunger Games versus House of First and Blood. Hunger Games. <laughs> Why did I? Why did I expect when I was looking in the bracket? I said Hunger Games is gonna win all the way. That's through. why I was like, That's the one I was talking about at the beginning when I started to introduce the game. That's why I was like, I didn't want to put that in there because I knew I'd pick it. And so then when you added, it, I was like, Well, I'm not gonna tell her no because <laughs> I love that book. Um, yeah, it's my Roman Empire book. It comes down thought, to the same reason as I gave with Throne of Glass. I was thinking of, when I was thinking of books to. Put, I was doing it in the airport waiting and at that point I was reading Catching Fire and I was just like well we both read Hunger Games we might as well put it in there and considering yeah. I just read it my reasoning with it versus House of Earth and Blood is the same as it with Throne of Glass comes down to the characters Eep. okie dokie 
So that is all we had for this week. Um, we actually did a decent sized episode this week. Good job, everybody. Yep. Snaps um, all around. So next week we're going to do our end of year book tag. So it's going to be like a wrap up of all the books we've read this year. And like we're going to pick like the book that we love the most, the book that we didn't like that we like the least, the favorite author, book that made us cry, that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that'll be next week. Our socials are linked down below, like usual, our personal and channel socials. Um, and if you haven't already, be sure to follow and give us a good rating. It helps us find other listeners. And, yeah, we will see you guys in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.